0: Welcome to Cars Yeah! Show number 2,238. This week we're doing in-memoriam shows, guests that we've lost in 2022. On Friday I'll do a recap of all 10 of these people that made a great influence on my life and hopefully yours. Today is a replay of my talk with Tony Dow. Now when I started the Cars Yeah! podcast, if you told me I'd be talking to someone who was a TV star from when I was a little kid... On Leave It to Beaver, I would have said, What? But it turns out Tony is quite the car guy. So sit back and enjoy this talk with him. Great memories. And of course, the reruns of Leave It to Beaver continue to this day. So Tony's presence is felt all over the world. Enjoy. Today, I'm taking a little trip back to my youth. We're going to have some fun. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. I'm revved up and very excited To share with you today a very special guest calling in from a beautiful part of California, Topanga Canyon, Tony Dow. Hey, Tony, welcome to Cars Yeah! Are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride?
1: Oh,
2: yeah, absolutely. That's what I hear. I'm expecting it.
0: Yep, we're going (laughs) to have some fun. Well, listen, before I do a proper introduction, as if you need one, I'm going to ask you something that maybe not too many people have asked you. Good. Would you share something with us that most people may not know about you?
2: Hmm. Uh, How about, this isn't a good one, but I have a terrible temper, but not with other people. I, I never, I'm very, very level and never get upset about anything. But when the wrench doesn't fit on the nut or when the <laughs> hammer doesn't hit the nail, uh, that can get me
0: angry. Well, that's where you let out your frustrations. Right. I know we're going to talk about your creative talents as an artist. And let me ask you this, because my father was an architect, an artist, and a painter, and he also did a lot of sculptures, some in in uh, wood like you do. But I know that my dad was very even keel too, but whenever he was Working, uh, he, he built a lot of things being an architect and contractor. Uh, yeah, sure. he would get a little angry with that. So, do you think that's because you're such a even keel, calm person? That's that's where you let your anger out when you got to. You know, I bet that's
2: probably true because um, uh, my wife she gets angry right, right away and then she gets over it within about you know two minutes she's she's <laughs> buying him back to normal yeah. or i uh i you know i can hold it in which is not a good thing
0: no well it's a typical man thing i think we all tend to hold in our feelings and it's feeling. Really? yeah it is not healthy that's for sure so next time just let it out tony just let it out <laughs> of course lauren's not going to like that very much you'll just say mark told me To let it out? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and she'll give me a call. Well, listen, let me give you a proper introduction, and then we're going to jump into some questions I have for you today. Tony Dow is a film producer, director, television actor, sculptor, and a lifelong automotive enthusiast. You'll remember him for his role in the television sitcom Leave It to Beaver that ran on primetime from 1957 to 1963. Tony, of course, played Wally Cleaver, the eldest son of June and Ward, and the wise old brother of Theodore Beaver Cleaver. He's appeared in numerous television shows since, and then he has also been honored by the Young Artist Foundation and its former Childhood Star Lifetime Achievement Award. His creative talents, though, go far beyond the screen, and Tony has created wood and bronze sculptures for many, many years. His work has been on display in exhibitions in many venues, including the Carousel du Louvre. Past cars, yeah, I guess. Fireball Tim has created his newest automotive coloring book that's titled The Official Tony Dow Coloring Book, How cool is that has anyone ever done a coloring book about you tony
2: never even thought of it
0: <laughs> No, and i
2: probably would have said no uh if if they had but uh since tim or fireball is uh i like to call him speed bump but he doesn't like that <laughs> anyway he uh you know he's a friend and uh obviously he does these wonderful coloring books mostly automotive yeah and uh, he suggested it, and I thought, well, what the heck, you know, go ahead. Do it. Let's do it.
0: Speed so. bump. I'm going to have to get him with that next time I talk to him. He's going to probably go, you've been talking to Tony, haven't you?
2: Yeah, that
1: could be.
0: Yeah, I like that. Well, listen, listeners, we're going to be back in a moment to talk more with Tony, uh, bring back a little bit of my childhood here. But first, a word from our very valued sponsors. They're the one that make this show possible. So give them a little love, give them a listen, and we'll be right back. So keep your seatbelt on. Do you have a pet in your household that loves to go for a ride? Our pets are part of our families, but they can be very hard on your vehicle's interior. Well, Covercraft has you covered. They offer a wide variety of solutions to protect your vehicle's interiors from Fido's rough treatment. Canine cargo area covers are padded for comfort and provide door-to-door protection. Pet pads have built-in features to keep cargo areas and seats protected. Covercraft solutions cover cargo areas, bucket or bench seats, and protect from damaging claws, pet fur, hair, mud, moisture, and that occasional drool from permanently damaging your vehicle's delicate surfaces. Choose from a variety of styles and colors that cover almost every vehicle made. Is your dog getting a little old? Covercraft even has a pet ramp so your trusted companion can get himself into and out of your vehicle. Here's something special to you from me at Cars Yeah. If you go to Covercraft.com and use the code ya yeah 120 Y E A H 120, you get 10% off your Covercraft order. Go to Covercraft.com today and use the code YA 120, and you'll get this special 10% off. Tell Fido it's from me. That's Covercraft.com. Use YA 120 at checkout. Covercraft, they've got you covered. Woof. American Collector's Insurance. Are you insuring your classic vehicles on your regular daily driver auto policy? then your special vehicles are at risk. Your regular auto insurance carrier won't tell you how much you'll get until after a claim, and more than likely, you'll be in for a rude awakening. With agreed value policy from American Collectors Insurance, you'll be paid your vehicle's full agreed value. No surprises. If you're driving your collector car less than 5,000 miles a year, Do what I did, call American Collector's Insurance and get your very own agreed value policy tailored to your specific vehicle. If you're like me, you're picky about who works on your special ride. A great policy allows you to choose your repair shop of choice, and that means you'll know the job is done right. I shopped around and decided to protect my car with American Collector's Insurance. They've been protecting vehicles since 1976. Give them a call for a quote today at 866-ACI. Yeah, that's 866-224-9324. And protect the ones you love. I did at American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Cheers. All right, Tony, we are back. Uh, As I always start this journey with all of my guests, I always ask for a Success quote or a mantra, some kind of saying that's been a part of your life, perhaps. Maybe it's a quote from somebody, or maybe it's just a way that you go through life. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires spinning a little bit here on cars. Yeah, I know you love cars, you love to drive. So, Tony, take the wheel. Okay,
2: well, this might not be a car uh, related thing, but I've always uh, thought that it's better to be quiet and thought a fool. And to open your mouth and remove all doubt, <laughs> but I'm not sure that served me very well because that's made me sort of quiet about things. I listen very well. I listen to things and I come up with a comment, but you know, it, it doesn't seem to have much impact. So, <laughs> my comment that is.
0: Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say about that. But you know what, Tony? I think people that are thoughtful listeners are probably some of the most powerful and well thought through people. In the world, there's a great book by Stephen Covey called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, one of my favorite books. And the fifth habit is Mm -hmm. this, first listen to understand, then speak to be understood. Because would you not agree today, too many people are very quick to respond and not really listen to what the other person has to say?
2: Well, you know, and we live in this really crazy internet age where uh, social media is – you know, goes wild, and uh, so anybody can really say anything they want. And of course, it's people are—you know—they're quick to to take up uh, concepts. So, mm-hmm. you know, they hear something and they think it's true, or they hear it from a friend, or a friend hears it from something else. You know, so there's all this misinformation going around. So it's really hard to. Uh, and I've always—you know—honesty has always been one of my biggest concerns. So with the with the social media the way it is, it's difficult to, yeah. uh, to maintain that.
0: Yeah. Well, then listen to Tony Dow. Listen, be a better listener before you speak up. <laughs> I think it'll serve you well. I try to be a, a great listener every day with all the inspiring automotive enthusiasts I get to talk to every day. Let's talk a little bit about you and what you're doing. And I was fascinated to learn more about you. Uh, of course, most of us who are older, like me, have been around, and we know about Leave It to Beaver. I, I think it's one of the longest-running syndicated shows ever. Is that is that true? Could it be the longest-running one?
2: I think it is. I mean, I, it's uh, it's very bizarre because um, it's never been off the air since 1963 wow. when it started running and um, syndication. Yeah, and it's played all over the world, and it's still running. Now, you know, there's there's Lucy, but. I Love Lucy was in a bunch of different formats, like the Lucy Show and I Love Lucy and uh, Lucy and Desi, and that sort of stuff. But a show that's been had the same name, same title, same, same everything, same concept. I think uh, that we're I think Meet the Press is, of course, one of the oldest. But you know, our show's been on for an awful long time.
0: It's incredible how long it's been running. I would assume even today, as you're out and about, people recognize you. I mean, you look very much the same. You're a very young-looking guy.
1: Uh, really? Thanks. <laughs> but uh, but but
2: not so much. Not 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 like they used to. But uh, you know, I, it's interesting because there's so much content on uh, on television, uh, and there's so many different shows, and there's so many shows that are on for a year or two. <laughs> And then they're off the air and then you never see them again or whatever. So, you know, I think that uh, it's hard to maintain, you know, uh, be, being in somebody in an audience's mind if you're not there every week.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's it's fascinating. I want to fast forward a little bit because I know you've worked in television over the years, but one of the things that I found intriguing about you is your love for art and the sculptures that you do. I was talking with my son who's up here visiting with me right now. He went to Rhode Island School of Design. He studied industrial design, but he loves art. I Mm -hmm. think he got that from his grandpa, my dad, who loved art. Let's talk a little bit about that because you do some very, very creative, wonderful pieces of art, sculptures in wood and bronze. Has that been something that has always been a part of your life? Did you pick that up later?
2: No, I mean, when I was 18, I think, my my parents got me a settling torch uh, set up. And I started brazing copper, and so I was, you know, brazing things out of copper, and I was doing various and sundry things. And, um, you know, I made a whole town that was a coffee table that had a train running around it. And uh, so it it was always things that I was interested in, and I had a lot of pieces in these traveling art shows, like the, the Westwood Art Show and the Del Mar Art Show and the, you know, La Jolla Art Show. They come along once a year. They're street shows, actually. Uh, and i had always planned once i had time because uh, you know i stayed pretty busy there was a period of time after the the beaver show when i worked um pretty steadily but then i then i got uh i joined the national guard so i was on a series and uh they didn't want to lose me i guess so they pulled some strings and i got on the national guard which actually was a 6 year um Oh really? <laughs> obligation. Oh, yeah, wow. yeah you, you have two years of active duty, or li, 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 actually, you have six months of active active duty, mm-hmm. and then you mm-hmm. have five and a half years of uh, a reserve duty. So anyway, but they didn't like long hair that time of the, the our period. It <laughs> yeah. was when people yeah. it was a hippie period. You know, everybody had long hair. Yeah and uh people would always make comments like what what's wrong with you? Are you in the army or something
1: <laughs> and
2: uh so i uh you know I had a kind of a short few years there that that I didn't work much and then uh and then after that it was money making time you know i had to had to provide and uh so I started doing some construction and I did a lot of designing and i would de- design the work that I would build. And uh, that went on for a few years until it sort of drove me nuts. So anyway, then uh, I had always planned that I would uh, retire and, you know, become an artist. So, you know, I went through my period of, uh, we did a new series called The New Leave it to Beaver, which we did 105 episodes of. So that took up, you know, four or five years. And then I, uh, let's see, after that... Oh, I started directing. That's right. How can I forget that. <laughs> that little gig. <laughs> yeah, that little thing. So, And I was directing for about, I don't know, 16, 17 years.
1: Mm.
2: I really enjoyed directing because I'd actually studied to be a director, and I'd also studied while I was working. And uh, I did one show that was a particularly special show that was directed by a guy named Jack Smite. Who went on to do Illustrated Man and Midway and a bunch of really big time movies, and uh, I really studied his technique and what he did, and he was really helpful because he talked and gave me a lot of secrets that he uses. And so anyway, finally when I got my chance to start directing, I was over prepared,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: and uh, you know I, I I directed a bunch of shows. I directed a show called The New Lassie, which was a, a you know show that was on for a few years. And then uh, I did uh, a show called Swamp Thing and a, co- and a show called uh, Harry and the Hendersons. You know, I did five or six of each of those. And then yeah. I did some. I did a cult show called with Chris Elliott. It was a pretty funny show. It had his dad and Chris Elliott, and he's sort of a offbeat comedian. Yep. Yeah. And that. And then I. Then I got into um, doing episodic, which is all of my work had been a single camera well, except for what did I do? That was multi-camera. I did a sh- one show that was a multi-camera
1: show, mm-hmm.
2: but, and I believed in multi-camera. I believed in two cameras and I kept trying to press any time I worked for that opportunity to have a second camera. But of course, second camera means a second camera operator and an assistant. We were talking about film back then. Yeah. So anyway, um, I got into episodic and, uh, I started directing Babylon 5, which is oh, yeah. one of the all-time great sci-fi series, and I did a Deep Space Nine, and I did um, a number of other shows that were, you know, our shows, which is the way movies are made, you know. Yeah. And you get a little bit of time to talk with your with your DP, and you get time to talk with your um construction people. Mhm so you can actually have a set designed a particular way if you want to if you need to do something with a camera that otherwise you normally wouldn't be able to do nice so i you know i enjoyed that that whole period let's see what stopped that whole thing oh what stopped it was that uh that i i got i got sick and i was sick for maybe a, a year from being able to uh to direct wow. and uh by the time i came back the shows that i had directed had either moved to another state or were off the air. Mm-hmm. So all the producers and everybody I knew were kind of, uh, had moved on to something else. And I decided, you know what, I'm a little tired of, uh, of doing these interviews. I, you know, I'd go on an interview with a guy that was maybe, I don't know, 28 years old and he was probably, a an economics, uh, major from back East <laughs> somewhere. Yeah. yeah. And I'd walk in and, and sit down and we'd say, hi, how you doing? And then he'd ask me, have I, Ever, he said, "Have you ever done any comedy?" <laughs> and uh, and I thought, well, you know what? If that's going to be the kind of thing I'm going to run into, I don't really really need to do this. So that's when I started my sculpting. Yeah, and that yeah. uh, was in 2000. A spreadsheet the other day, and I think I've done over 150 pieces. Wow, and sold maybe I don't know, sold 75 something like that. Maybe wow. 80, I don't know.
0: Well, it's so, fascinating this transition through your life and going to art, but. This is about cars. Yeah. So I've got to ask you a little bit about your passion for cars when Fireball connected us and he said, Hey, you know, I want you to do a talk with Tony. And I said, well, does he like cars? And he goes, uh, yeah, he likes cars. Don't worry about that. So I know you've been a bit of a, a car fan and I'm going to get into those specifics in a little bit, but let's talk a little bit about this coloring book because now this is the first coloring book that you've been featured in, right?
1: Oh yeah, 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 right.
0: Yeah. And your your passion for cars, uh, is that still a big part of your life? Is it something that you you've always enjoyed?
2: Well, after I've gotten involved with uh, Fireball there, uh I do spend a lot more time at these car shows yep. and enjoying mm-hmm. uh enjoying the cars, enjoying the guys that uh have the cars and uh I'm not much of a mechanic but I, d- I do have a really good story about my first car. Yeah. And, and that was that I, when I was just sixteen, I guess, I bought a, uh, or actually, I wasn't allowed to have a car. So my dad was nice enough to say, "Well, what kind of a car would you like to drive if you had the choice?"
1: <laughs> and
2: I said, "Well, I don't, I don't, I don't know. How about a Corvair?" And so we ordered a Corvair from the factory, and it was kind of painted the midnight blue and had black interior and stuff. Mm -hmm. And it used to be funny because he would go to his jobs where he was a contractor and he'd drive up in this lowered Corvair that had reverse chrome wheels. And uh, I thought it was probably a pretty funny image. But um, I had that car uh, throughout all my high school and all my, you know, dating and goofing around with the guys and Going to the beach and doing all the stuff that people do with their first cars. Yeah. I sold the car to this um, in 1965 to this guy who was uh, a wonderful engineer and a machinist.
1: Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm.
2: I never saw the car again, nor did I see him. But what happened was he and his best friend, uh, a guy named Marty, uh, who It turns out played uh, played guitar with a, with the a, Smothers Brothers for years. But anyway, he he uh, th- they were best buddies, and they did all the things that I did when I was a kid. You know, with the car, you, all the things I mentioned. You know, going down the strip at night where all the cars are, and tinkering with it, and drinking beer, and um, you know. So anyway, it was kind of interesting that he had that same experience with that same car. And then in '87, he did a ground up restoration, and. He went through the whole car. He put a spider engine in it and he um anything that was hose, you know, that was made out of rubber, he would machine a piece out of aluminum and wow. it was r- really nice looking car. It had a XKE carburetor and had a turbo and so anyway, it it went from being a car with 108 horsepower, 106 horsepower, whatever it was originally, up to uh like 165 I guess, which is quite a big jump, and then he he had an alcohol uh, injection system on it, and that made the horsepower jump up again to 245 horsepower. So here we have you know this light little car with uh, with an engine that can push it
1: <laughs> pretty
2: fast. So anyway, the car. What happened was the fellow died, and Marty and he had talked about well, what are we going to do with this thing that we love so much that we spend so much time on, and uh Al, who was the fellow's name, said, uh, well, if you can find Tony down, why don't you give it back to him? So that's what happened. All of a sudden, I get a call from this guy. or Actually, I got an email. I thought he was crazy, so I didn't really answer it. And then a few days later, I thought, well, I should probably answer that. And he said, you want your old car back? And I said, what are you talking about? And uh, he explained the situation. And, uh, I thought about it and I figured it might be kind of a junker. So I decided, well, I'll come down and take a look at it. And it was beautiful. It had a black lacquer paint job and it had wow. these fantastic uh, aluminum wheel. I mean, it was really looked good. So <clears throat> anyway, he, I had it shipped back up to my house here and got it running. It hadn't been running for about eight years. Uh-huh. So I, you know, I would take it around to fireball shows uh-huh. and, uh, that's so kind of kind of integrated into that car scene. Before that, I had gone to car shows like anybody goes to car shows, you know. But I was an enthusiast in cars because after I sold my Corvair, which I loved, I uh, I bought a Corvette, and um, it got stolen. Oh no! You know, within mm-hmm. the first couple months, and <clears throat> so it went into the shop, and they couldn't get a motor for it, so they they decided that. that well, they were going to put a bigger motor in it, and it was already what? What did they come with, like three hundred and sixty or something like that? Yeah, probably. Anyway, either. anyway, it uh, it ended up with a bigger motor, which made a little hump in the hood, which was kind of a cool feature. <laughs> And so I drove that around for a few months, and then that got stolen again.
0: Oh my gosh! You got to be more careful where you leave your cars, Tony.
2: <laughs> I guess, man. I just went went into uh, in a really great place, Studio City, you know, oh,
1: yeah.
2: and uh, went in to see a movie and came out without a car. Oh no! So no. Uh, and it spent days and months in the shop trying to get a new motor stuck into it. So I finally decided, well, that's I'm not gonna. I'm not going to do that anymore. So I uh, I sold that, and I got a—I uh, actually made a mistake. I was looking at a 300 SL going, mm. which was about $7,000 at oh,
0: the time. Oh, jeez. Oh, gosh, yeah. I <laughs> should have bought that.
2: <laughs> yeah, I should have bought—actually, I was thinking about—I'm sorry, I got screwed up a little. I was thinking about that after when I was—before I bought the Corvette, I was thinking about the two cars, the Corvette— the 300 SL the Corvette and um uh 300 SL was probably one of my favorite cars of all times and but the guy said you know what this car is pretty expensive it costs about 300 bucks to get a tune up on it and uh it's not as dependable as you know your american cars and i said Okay, well then I'll get the Corvette, which might have been a mistake because how much of those SLs work now? They uh, probably worth
0: millions and millions of dollars. But we we won't go into that. We've had <laughs> I, I've had plenty of those in my life as well as the would have could have should have cars. But you know what? That SL could have been stolen too if uh, the history. Well, it's the and same. the
2: problem is at the time I was a car person. I loved the cars. I mean, but I I didn't. I didn't wash them every week or even every other day or whatever. You know, I was I was a little lax with with that part of the maintenance kind of thing. Sure. So I probably would that three hundred SL probably would have ended up in a junk pile somewhere.
0: Oh God. well, it's probably out there somewhere in somebody's collection. And I got a picture from Fireball of you leaning against the Corvair. Is that the actual car?
2: That's the actual car. Yeah. It actually even has the same uh license plate that I had. Oh my gosh. 50 some years ago. Well, how long would it have been? in 19
1: Yeah, so almost, it was 60, almost 60, 60 years 60, ago, yeah.
2: 60 years ago, yeah. And what's funny about it is it it says the frame on it says unsafe at any speed. <laughs> that was a Ralph Nader thing, you know, where he ruined the, that car unfortunately because yeah. it was a good car. It was a great entry-level Chevrolet, and uh, you know the, the car, my car now, you know I can I can it drives like a go kart because of course Al put on all new suspension and sway bars and all that kind of stuff, and it has a much more powerful engine. It's literally like a go kart. I went into Porsches after I got rid of my Corvette, and I uh, I drive up in the canyons here, and the Corvair is a much handles much better than any of the Porsches I had.
0: Well, those were fascinating cars, and I loved the Monza version of the Corvair when they came out, kind of a little sportier version, but that air-cooled engine in the back, hanging off the back axle, much like a 911 or a 356, so very special cars. Well, Tony, I'm going to crawl into your mind a little bit here. I'm going to be a bit of a psychologist for you today, and I'll bet you nobody, of all the interviews you've done, and we were in our pre-show chat, Tony said, gosh, I should have kept track of how many, it's got to be hundreds and thousands of them, but I'll bet you nobody's ever asked you this if you woke up tomorrow and you were a vehicle parked in your driveway not what you want to be but how you perceive yourself manifest as a vehicle what would tony dow be and why
2: well let's see let me think about that the the car i really like is the um and great i'm not going to remember the name it's a porsche (laughs) but it's the it's the boxer hardtop Oh, the Cayman. Cayman. Yeah, the yeah. Cayman. Yeah. I love that car. I think that's I a great too. looking car. Yeah. And uh, Porsche does such a great job. I mean, when I had my 65, actually it was 63, because that was the first one I had. That was the least cost to, to the manufacturer of any car made. So, for example, if you if you bought one, I think the amount that the that the f- the factory had to pay for maintenance on it was something like thirteen dollars. You would probably know <laughs> all that stuff, but you know or now it's thousands of dollars okay. and uh the car was really dependable and uh you know, so I, I think those cars are really, really well made. But I do like the Cayman. I think it's a—I even like it better than the 911s, which—
0: You know, I, I, I'm right with you, Tony, and it, I'm a diehard 911 guy. I've had many 911s. Porsche is my mark of choice. Got a 88 Turbo in my garage now that I bought about 11 years ago because I always wanted a Turbo back in the 80s, but I had just been married, had a new job, new house. I couldn't afford one, um, so I'm kind of reliving my past here. But the Cayman, to me— today I, i've had this talk with myself many times I've thought, if i thought i go walk into a porsche dealership and buy a new porsche today i think it very well might be a cayman i just like the size and you know what it reminds me of is the beautiful 550 spider that of course uh, james dean yeah. is known for you know driving and of course racing but losing his life in but yeah. yeah they're beautiful cars i think from a designer standpoint you being a designer i was a designer for many many years it just looks right and the new porsche has just gotten kind of big and kind a of fat, yeah. you know. So
2: Yeah. And of course they've been around for so damn long, you know, we know they have that same slope back uh design and yeah. they are bigger and uh they're They're really fast, I guess. Okay. uh, Oh, yeah. (laughs) Never never had one, but I assume the Cayman, I've quit being fast anymore. Well, you got... I'm a pretty slow driver.
0: (laughs) It's probably safer to be that way, especially in the the canyons of Topanga. There's too many wild men there. Yeah, there you go. Well, let me jump into uh, what I call the last lap. I'm going to fire off some questions. Have you give us some quick blips of that Cayman throttle? So here we go. Would you share one of your personal habits, Tony, that you think has been an attribute to your life and your success in life?
2: Well, because most of the things that have been attributes have also been uh, things that held me back a little, but I guess perfectionism.
0: Yeah, yeah, being a designer.
2: Yeah, and having a a good eye uh, for things. I can can visualize things, so a lot of time I would visualize something and not be able to explain it as well as I should be able to, (laughs) and other people wouldn't you know, wouldn't pick up on how cool that would have been, so.
0: Well, I'll tell you something, Tony. This morning, my son's up here visiting, as I mentioned earlier, and uh, we would, we Googled your name and your art, and uh, we both were sitting there, and he's, he's you know, he's, He's 26, so he's from a whole different generation. He goes, this guy's really good, Dad. So uh, really enjoy the design work that you do in your sculptures. And I'll make, I'll put a link to that page for our listeners on Tony's show notes page so you can see some of the beautiful artwork that he's created. How about this? If I could arrange for you to sit down and have a drink or a meal with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would it be?
2: Well, probably... What was the guy that drove the uh the Ford in the in the
0: Carroll Shelby? Form?
2: Yeah, but his partner. Um
0: Oh, um yeah, Ken Miles. Yeah,
2: Ken Miles. Yeah. I think he would be an interesting guy to sit down and talk to. Uh
0: no doubt. You know, it's interesting you've said that because I I really believe that that movie Ford versus Ferrari has exposed Ken Miles miles in a way that he's not been exposed in the past and i i know a lot about cars and racing and history and i've always known of him in fact a friend of mine uh he's passed now but he lived up in seattle owned a car called the flying shingle it was a one-off mg that ken miles raced back in the day uh ken miles seems like quite a character to me i think he'd be wonderful to. See yeah
2: with yeah he seems like a real character and he also you know seems single-minded and uh you don't want to be on the other side of the argument. I don't
0: think. <laughs> no, I think Carol Shelby was the only one that could maybe uh, run with him. Uh, old Carol Shelby, of course, was a cantankerous guy as well. So uh, those two make a good team. Right. How about the best automotive advice that someone else has ever given you? This could be about buying cars, selling cars, keeping cars. Has anyone ever given you great advice in that in that way?
2: No, actually. Um I mean, I got I, I got the advice from somebody that said uh, if you see a car that's going to last a long time, by the first year. So <laughs> that seemed like a, that seemed like a good idea. But my problem was always be, being able to determine determine what uh, what was a car that was going to last and become a classic. So
0: well, it's hard to guess at the first year, right?
2: Right, it is. Yeah, but I, I I've become a, a actual. My son had a friend who had the uh, 37th car that came off the um, the line, Tesla. You Te- know, the oh, Tesla! Roadster, yeah. Yeah, you know, the Tesla Roadster. And he was so excited about it, he would, we'd talk about it for a long time. So I became a Tesla fan about the time that that first car came off. Oh, wow. And uh, I've been a Tesla fan ever since, and I've fortunately got stock in it.
0: Oh, good and for uh, you. There you go
2: you know yesterday it went up 180 it's incredible
0: it's incredible what's going on i mean to me elon musk is an alien what that guy has been able to pull off how do you run four different huge businesses like that I, i i don't i just i i hold him in awe and yeah tesla you bought some stock this year early in the year you've done quite well
2: I wish it. Well, I bought it like five years ago. Well, you're company, even smarter than the rest of us. Well, I, I, I vote for uh, Elon for president. I,
0: know, <laughs> I think, I think he gets <laughs> some stuff done. Yeah, he, yeah, he, he, he knows would, how to get things done. Well, how about a resource that you? is kind of a go-to for you now this could be maybe it's a a blog you like or it could be could be fireballs vlog which is quite fun to watch every day um this could be a person a supplier in your life a website that you like to go to there's so many resources these days is there one in particular you'd like to share well you know i probably
2: should um, say fireballs i mean (laughs) i that's sort of that's sort of the thing that got me back involved in cars Mm -hmm. and uh you know but as you can tell by talking to me my <clears throat> i'm not a really knowledgeable nuts and bolts kind of guy but uh i think it's amazing that he, he was doing one show a, a day i know uh, and uh you know he's he's uh, his vlog is he's a machine and really well <laughs> yeah it's, and it's almost almost like yours <laughs> and uh, and uh, so that that would be a good place to go i don't know i I like I kind of like motorcycles, you know, and I've never ridden them.
1: Oh but yeah.
2: We have a great book on all the motorcycles that have probably ever been made. Of. Probably not, but you know, it was this huge uh, show museum show in uh, Las Vegas. Okay. The show was unbelievable. You know, it, it had bikes I've never even heard of, and they were all displayed on top of gla- on top of mirrors, mm. so you could see all the way around the bike. And, uh, I spend time on, with that thing, uh, probably more than any other automotive. Actually,
0: that's not an automotive thing, is it? You know, if it rolls on rubber, we love it here in cars. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> I, I rode motorcycles for years. Back in uh, when I was a young man, we do a lot of dirt bike riding down there in Southern California, and Baja, California. And I did ride street bikes for a while, but I had so many friends that kept getting hit by inattentive drivers that I finally said, maybe, yeah. maybe it's time to sell my bikes and get off. I'd look at my little kids and go, I need to be around for these guys uh, in the yeah, future. Yeah. But uh, I love motorcycles. I think they're great. Well, I'll make sure put a link on Tony's show notes page. If you haven't watched and you're not connected with uh, Fireball Tim, and that's his real first name, Fireball, uh, his vlog, it's really wonderful. And if you use Facebook, he does a daily half hour talk in the mornings during the week at eight o'clock. Very inspirational, very positive, very upbeat. Whenever I'm not recording shows, I always go on to Facebook and uh, get to listen to him. Encourage everybody, especially during these challenging times. So Tony, I know uh, we talked about the official Tony Dow coloring book that Fireball Tim did, and I'm going to put a link to that so everybody can you get a copy, uh, you know, coloring is one of those things. Even as an adult, it's a very therapeutic process. I'd encourage everybody listening to try it. It's not just for little kids. But is there another book in your life that you found real valuable that you might share with the listeners?
1: Well,
2: yeah, there's a book uh, by um, uh, Robert Iger, who's the, the president CEO of Disney for the past, I don't know, fifteen years, something mm-hmm. like that. And it's called uh, "The Ride of a Lifetime." Uh, I yes. Think. Right yes. a Ride of a Life. I, a Ride of, of a two.
0: Lifetime, yeah. You got it right. Yeah. And it,
2: and it's uh it's probably the best book that anybody who's going into business can read because he took Disney from sort of it was never a failing company, but it was failing based kind of floundering on the way a it had been. Yeah. And uh he did these amazing things with it. He bought anyway, he bought Pixar which uh, was a competitor uh, in the cartoons. Yeah. and Because cause Disney had a great cartoon division, but it wasn't doing so well. Yeah. And uh, then he bought, uh, let's see, I don't know what the sequence is, but he ended up buying Marvel oh, yeah. comic books. Oh, so yeah. All of them. Yeah, the the all Avengers. Those big, yeah. Big time movies <laughs> became Disney movies. And then uh, maybe his biggest purchase was uh, Fox. Yes. Fox Films. And, uh, for their library and also for the films they owned, uh, they owned a bunch of great, uh, you know, great platforms.
1: Films. Yeah.
0: It's a wonderful book. And I'll remind my listeners, I have a great place on the Cars website called Guest Recommended Books where I'll put this book that Tony's recommended. There's over 1,650 books that are listed now that you can find. I've made it really easy for you to click on them. All my inspiring automotive enthusiasts always have some wonderful books to recommend, including The Ride of a Lifetime. You should read this book. I've read it. It's absolutely fantastic. And uh, yeah, if you're in any kind of business, it'll definitely give you some great ideas. All right, Tony, we're almost at the end of our talk here, but this next question can be a bit of a doozy. Today, I'm going to buy you a collector car. I'm going to buy you any cool collector car, fun car in the world. It doesn't matter who owns it or where it is. I'm going to park it in your garage. But here are the rules to my game since I'm writing the check. You can't sell it to buy a bunch of other toys with. It's got to be a keeper. It's got to tick all the boxes. And I want you to drive it. No garage queens or dust collectors allowed here at Cars, yeah. But here's what makes it hard. You can either keep your Corvair, and I don't have to spend a dime on you today, or I'm going to buy you a car, and that means it's the only one cool collector car you can have to drive in those beautiful Topanga Canyons. So what can I buy Tony Dow today?
2: A 300 SL
0: going, <laughs> We're going to go to that. You know, I kind of figured <laughs> we were, to that. we already answered that question. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you something, Tony. Um, I've had the pleasure of being in those cars. I've never driven the going, but I've driven the Roadster version. And I'll tell you, that car is one of the most recommended cars by all of my automotive enthusiasts, people that are high-end collectors, people that have driven pretty much everything out there. They all say that that car... Ticks all the boxes. It's wonderful to drive around town. You get it on the highway. It's got power for the hills and so forth. And the going, of course, is so iconic. So that I park the right car in your driveway. What color would you like that SL to be?
2: oh I think silver. I mean, I think that's iconic silver. Yeah.
0: You picked a masterful car, my friend. This is uh, uh, something beautiful. <laughs> it's going to cost me a. Dang, pretty penny though. I'm going to have to pull some coins out of the bank account here, but uh, that's okay for you. Well, I, you can
2: have the Corvair.
0: Can I? Oh, well, thank you. That You know, you're the first <laughs> one who's done something nice like that for me. Uh, uh, Fireball said you're a really nice guy, so uh, I believe him even more so now. Tony, you have taken us on a wonderful ride. You've taken me to my past. Just listening to you talk has brought back so many wonderful memories. You sound exactly the same you did back in those
2: do I really? You I'm...
0: do, you do. You, it's the same thing. It's just bringing back a a wonderful smile to my face and my youth. I want to thank you for for putting smiles on all of our faces all these years with that TV show that you've done and all the work that you've done. It's fantastic. Before I let you go, though, would you offer me one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance about life before you rip off into the canyons in that three hundred SL going?
2: Okay. Well, um, I think I I think patience. Mm. is one of the good fundamental things that everybody should have especially in today's world when things are getting more complex and actually don't work as well as some of the older things yeah i get very frustrated with with the programmers and everybody who who have to fool around with a program that works great that i can use is you know well then it comes out with another one that i can't even (laughs) figure out how to use (laughs) i know and for what reason you know i mean um so, I, you know, I think having patience and uh, is a really important uh, characteristic.
0: Yeah, well, it sounds like yeah. you're a very patient man.
2: The coloring book's sort of interesting because in addition to the pages, which Fireball did a fantastic job on the illustrations, I did a little two-paragraph explanation of what was going on during that time when that particular image was created. So, anyway, it's a little different than a than a, a crayon coloring book. It's probably good for colored pencils and
0: patience. patience. (laughs) (laughs) Nice segue. That's very nice. Well, I'll make sure I put links to how you can follow along with Tony, of course, on Facebook and uh, as well as a link I found to some of his artwork, his sculptures. I think you'll have a really nice time there. And of course, a shout out to our mutual friend, Fireball Tim, uh, for connecting us today. Really nice of him to do that. Uh, You can find his coloring books at fireballtim.com. Also, I encourage you to follow him on his vlog. He does a wonderful daily vlog with his lovely wife wife kathy uh, which is really fun uh, in malibu there and of course his facebook talks that you can join us uh, weekdays every morning at eight o'clock tony thanks for spending some mo- wonderful time with me today for being so generous with your time and sharing your life with us today it's been a delight to talk with you uh, thanks thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at cars yeah drive on over to cars to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun